So we are uh, in the second of our series uh, from the book of Acts, uh, a series entitled Do It Again. And last week we uh, looked at the fact that the early church was a community all centered around Jesus. And today we're going to be looking at the topic that this community, the early church, was a community of the Holy Spirit. It, that, that is the defining feature in the book of Acts. It was a community of Jesus, but it was actually also a community of the Holy Spirit. And so as we go through this entire series, we're not just wanting to uh, learn some new stuff about the church, but we're actually wanting to be inspired saying, God, would you do again what we're reading in these pages? Would you do them in my life? Would you do them in our day? And so uh, I want to pray right now that God would do something amongst us, that you wouldn't just learn about the Holy Spirit today, but that God would presence himself powerfully. So why don't you close your eyes and let's just pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're already here. Thank you that you're omnipresent. Thank you that you promised never to leave us, nor to forsake us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you never told us to wait. Those early disciples were told to wait in Jerusalem. But, Lord, you have now come. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're present with us. I pray you'd help me as I preach, and you'd help us as we listen and engage with your word. I pray, Lord, you would awaken a longing and a thirst for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. So, a community of the Spirit. I've got four points this morning, and my first point is actually uh, zooming out and looking at the, the name of the book of Acts and asking this question, who is Acts named after? Whose Acts are these, in fact, that the book of Acts is named after? Anyone who reads the book of Acts will be struck that it's, it's like an action-packed highlights reel. It's, it's exciting. There is, there is so much going on in the book of Acts, and you could say, well, whose Acts are these? You know, you've got a rapidly growing church. On, in Acts chapter 2, uh, there's 120 people. By the end of Acts chapter 2, there's 3,000 people who've been saved. By Acts chapter 4, there's another 5,000 that have been added. The, the church is growing. Uh, Christians get scattered. Wherever they go, they preach the gospel, new churches start, it, it's a book that moves very quickly. Those who are devoted to Jesus are also devoted to one another. We read that in the book of Acts. It's not just a crowd of people who are isolated, but they're actually selling stuff so that they can provide for one another. And it says no one had any need because of the remarkable work that the Holy Spirit was doing amongst them. There's courageous faith. As we've read the book of Acts as a church this last month, there's some courageous people in the book of Acts, aren't there? Standing up with opposition in front of them. Some people being stoned, Stephen being stoned, but still standing for Jesus and, 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 and just remarkable acts of courageous faith. We see mighty signs and wonders in the book of Acts. You see people getting healed. You see uh, people being delivered from demons. You see people come back to life again who've died already. The book of Acts, we see cities getting shaken. We see whole economies in, in places like Ephesus and Philippi being threatened because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The, the gospel that these believers are preaching is literally changing the world that they're living in. We see churches planted. We see churches strengthened all over what was the known world of that time, uh, the Mediterranean remarkable acts. Would you agree? It's a remarkable collection of acts. But the question is, whose acts are they? Have you ever wondered that about the book of Acts? 
whose acts are these? And we know that Luke wrote Acts, and actually Luke wrote two books. He wrote the gospel that bears his name, the gospel of Luke, and whose acts are recorded in that book? Okay, there's a right answer here, but it's behind a face. And so Luke, in his first book, records the acts of Jesus. And in his second book, entitled Acts, you could say it's still the acts of Jesus. Because actually, the name of Jesus, as we heard last week, is everywhere through the book of Acts. It's, it's a community that is based around Jesus, his life, death, and his resurrection. So in one sense, you could say that the book of Acts is just... Volume 1 was the Gospel of Luke, and Volume 2 is the book of Acts. That's one thing that you could say. But Jesus had ascended. We, right there in the start of the book of Acts, in chapter 1, Jesus goes up into heaven. And so when he ascended, this is what he said just before he ascended. In John 14, it's recorded in these last moments as he's gathered with the disciples, Jesus says these amazing things. I tell you the truth. Anyone, say anyone. No, say it like you mean it. Anyone, anyone who has faith in me, just turn to the person next to you and say, do you think that includes you? Anyone who, what's the qualifying requirement? Has faith in Jesus. Remember, anyone. I don't know much Greek, but anyone means anyone. Okay, anyone who has faith in me, look at what it says. It's in big, bold yellow. Why don't we read it together? Will do what I have been doing. So the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, is all that Jesus has been doing. And he's saying, if you have faith in me, anyone, they'll now also do what I have been doing. He, he, he's pointing back to what he's been doing. He or she will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. I'm tapping out. I'm going back to heaven. I will do whatever you ask in my name. So Jesus isn't finished yet. It's just where Jesus is working from has moved from heaven, from earth to heaven. And now Jesus is answering prayer when we pray. Can you see that? If you ask for something, I will do whatever you ask in my name so the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for only a few things. What does it say? You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Wow, is this not a promise from Scripture? So in the pages of the book of Acts, these are the acts of Jesus because they're all done in the name of Jesus. In fact, Jesus told his disciples, you're going to keep doing the things that I've been doing. You're going to keep doing those things because when you pray in my name, I will do them through you. Can you see that? So these acts of Jesus are being done by the followers of Jesus, just like Jesus promised they would in John 14. Jesus said that they would work he would work in them as they prayed in his name. He would then answer their prayers and he would do the very things that he was doing through them on the earth. Can you see that connection? So you could say that the, the book of Acts, here's the long version of the book of Acts. It's the acts of Jesus through the followers of Jesus. Can you agree with that? 
the book of Acts is the Acts of Jesus. He's the centerpiece, but it's actually being done through the followers of Jesus. And this is so important for our prayer for this whole series, Lord, do it again. You see, if the book of Acts was just the Acts of Jesus, but not done by the followers of Jesus, then it's just a history lesson for us. But because of Acts, uh, John 14, and because of what we read in the book of Acts, the acts of the believers in Jesus means that we actually can do these things as well. We can expect these things to happen in our life. And so we pray, Lord, would you do it again? You know, in one sense, the book of Acts just ends. Who, who kind of felt like that when you, 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 you finished the Bible reading plan and it, it just like ends? It's like a good series. You know, have you ever watched a series and the series is building, 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 and then it just ends? And it leaves you wanting more, doesn't it? It leaves you wanting, so what happened next? Brothers and sisters, you are living in the book of Acts still today, you could say. Because we're still the followers of Jesus. We still, do, is this a promise in John 14 still applicable? Yes, it's still applicable. The book of Acts almost hasn't ever finished. It's still being written by the followers of Jesus. But there's one more aspect in the name of this book. You could ask, how is it that these believers in Jesus did these amazing acts for Jesus? And that's the topic of our sermon today. And the simple answer is that they did what they did empowered by the Holy Spirit, which means, you know, in your Bible it just says the book of Acts, but the long version is this. Next one. The Acts of Jesus through the followers of Jesus empowered by the Spirit. Aren't you glad I didn't write your Bible? Because your Bible would be like this big, huh? I mean, it's just gone from Acts to now a whole paragraph. But really, the book of Acts is the acts of Jesus through the followers of Jesus as they are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And this is so important. If we are not going to just preach these messages as a history lesson, but rather to say, Lord, we're asking, would you do it again in our day? The X factor in the book of Acts. Jesus is the centerpiece always, but he ascends into heaven. And the X factor, the, the, the person, the, the, the one who makes all the difference in the book of Acts is the Holy Spirit who comes down in Acts chapter 2, and then the rest of the book is saturated with the third person of the Trinity. And Jesus promised that this would happen. And in, uh, in Acts chapter 10, when Peter's preaching, Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit, and he's preaching in Cornelius' house, and he speaks about the role of the Holy Spirit in the life and the ministry of Jesus. I want us to just look at this together, and then we'll see the connection. Peter's preaching, and he says, you yourselves know, he's, he's in Cornelius' house, and what Jesus had been doing in Judea, everyone knew about. And so he says, you yourselves know what happened throughout Judea, the acts of Jesus, Beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. Can you see the whole trinity there? God the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. Can you see the trinity there? And with power. He went about, Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. How? How? How did he do this? What was the source of this power? 
For God, the Holy Spirit, is the context's implication. For God, the Holy Spirit, was with him. Peter, preaching in Cornelius' house, speaks of how all that happened in Jesus' ministry, all the acts of Jesus were actually extraordinary acts whose source was not the fact that Jesus was God. That wasn't the source of what Jesus did. The source of what Jesus did was that Jesus was anointed. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, that God, the Holy Spirit, was with him. And so Peter, in the book of Acts, as he's preaching about Jesus, he is placing the source of Jesus' extraordinary acts at the feet of not the divinity of Jesus, but the fact that Jesus was a man filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's really important for us today. Because if Jesus did all the acts that he did out of his divinity, then it really doesn't have any implication for us today because Jesus is not walking on the planet anymore. But the Bible says, and Peter says in Acts 10, that Jesus did what he did empowered by, anointed by, for God the Holy Spirit was with him. That's how Jesus did the remarkable things that he did. And you and I can also be filled with the Holy Spirit. So when you combine John 14, Jesus saying, you're going to do all the works that I've done, and you combine that with Acts uh, 10, 37 to 38, what you get is that we can be like Jesus and do extraordinary things like Jesus did as his followers if we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that leads us to our second point. Ordinary people plus the Holy Spirit. This is a bit of mass. This is like Bible mass. Say ordinary plus Holy Spirit equals extraordinary. It's ordinary plus. Can you see that? Okay. Let's just say it again. Ordinary plus Holy Spirit equals extraordinary. You're doing so well. Exams are coming up. Let me give you an example of this little formula. Who can remember from your Bible stories in the Old Testament, Samson? Anyone remember Samson? So, if I were to get you to draw Samson... How would you draw him? Just tell the person next to you. How would you draw Samson? Would you draw him like a stick insect or would you draw him like a buff guy? Huh? If you search on YouTube quickly or on the internet, how would, how would you expect to see Samson depicted? With rippling muscles like Mr. D, okay? But that's missing something. What was the source of Samson's extraordinary power? Was it his physique? Because when he finally messed up one more time with Delilah, and it says the Spirit of God left him, they easily overpowered him. So what happened to his buffness then? The source of Samson's power, I reckon he was like a stick insect. He was like this weedy little guy. But when the Holy Spirit rushed on him, he could overpower a lion. He could defeat, uh, I think, he, how many hundreds did he kill with a jawbone of a donkey? Quite a few. He, he could do what he liked when the Spirit of God was on him. The source of Samson's power, according to the Bible story, not according to Hollywood, 
was not his great physique, but the fact that the Holy Spirit was upon him. Think of, remember, ordinary plus Spirit of God, Holy Spirit equals extraordinary, Samson. Let's think of another person. Let's think of Peter. Let's think of Peter following Jesus. He's a pretty ordinary guy, hey? He, he, he isn't learned. He, he didn't study for matric. So he ends up fishing for his life. Okay, sorry for all those who like fishing. Okay, but he's, he's, he's a fisherman. He's just an ordinary guy. He hasn't gone to university. He seems to always be wearing his, do you know the, the phrase, your peppermint-flavored tackies? You know, if you're always putting your foot in your mouth, there's this phrase in English that if you put your foot in your mouth, it's like you've, you've said the wrong thing at the wrong time. So you should have peppermint-flavored tackies because then when you put your foot in your mouth, it tastes nice. So it's like Peter needed peppermint-flavored tackies because he was always saying the wrong thing. He was kind of, you know, he, he's saying, no, Jesus, don't do this. And Jesus has to swat him behind and say, get behind me, Satan. And, and I mean, like, he's always, like, he's just the guy putting up his hand and he's just a bit of an idiot. He's just ordinary. He's, he's impulsive. He's rash. But when he's filled with the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit falls in Acts chapter 2, and they're thinking, like what happened this morning with Sutabile, thinking, who's doing notices? Peter stands up and he preaches and 3,000 people get saved. And in Acts chapter 4, it says that as they before the council, in Acts chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, and they say, Wow, where is this guy? How did he get this learning? Friends, ordinary plus Holy Spirit equals extraordinary. Let's think about me. Okay, it's getting a bit personal here now. I am a very ordinary person. I've got some of my kids here. They can tell you. You can go and ask them. Very ordinary guy. I'm not learned or clever, never went to Bible school, don't have a certificate. In fact, when I first arrived here, some people kind of interviewed me to see whether they joined the church, and they were like, have you got a certificate for this? I'm like, no, I still don't have a certificate. I sometimes listen to other people preach like Tim Keller and John Piper or read their books, and I think, should I even be doing this? Because like, just let guys like them do it. What am I doing? Ordinary, trust me, very ordinary. But when I was 12 years old, I was in a worship time just like today. And a guy that discipled me touched me on the shoulder and said, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? And I said, I don't even know what that is. And he explained it to me, and I always joked that he obviously did such a good job that I said, because I remember saying, I don't know what you said to me, but if it'll make me love Jesus more, go for it, pray for me. That, I remember saying that, and then I felt like electricity go all through my body, and the heart inside of Gareth was transformed, and I became a passionate Christ follower ever since that day, and I couldn't do anything else but spend my whole life with Jesus Christ, and it was that night in Hermanus on a camp. I know I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and my whole life has changed. Ordinary plus Holy Spirit equals... I'm not saying I'm extraordinary, okay? <laughs> just say he didn't say that. I'm just saying that when you add Holy Spirit to ordinary, you get extraordinary. Brothers and sisters, as we read, as we preach through the book of Acts, 
It's the acts of Jesus through ordinary people who are simply empowered by the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? You know, if we know this, then we would ask God, Lord, would you do it again? Would you do it again in me? Would you add Holy Spirit to me because I'm very ordinary? And if we ask God, do it again, he will. He'll do it again if we're hungry for him. If we say, God, I thirst for you. I, I need more of you. If we're reliant on him, if we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us, if we ask the Holy Spirit to enable us, if we say, I'm going to give you my ordinary, would you add the Holy Spirit so I can become extraordinary? He'll do it. He'll do it in your life. And he will do extraordinary acts to you and me in our day, in our everyday lives. Do you believe that? I believe that with all my heart. You see, it's the work of the Holy Spirit in ordinary people that you're reading in the book of Acts. And so when you see extraordinary acts in the book of Acts, don't see the person and think, I'm not like that. See an ordinary person who's been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Which brings me to Muffins of the Holy Spirit at work in ordinary believers' lives and enabling them to do acts of power in the name of Jesus. And so all through the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit is referenced. And I'm just going to gather a few of these references together. And I'm not going to put up all the verses, but if you want these, I can give them to you later. And there's more that I could have added. But let's look at a couple of ways that the Holy Spirit is, is referenced as the source of what was happening. Firstly, the Holy Spirit inspired the early believers, this early church, to preach the gospel. Amen. Jesus promised them in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, when the Holy Spirit comes on you in power, you will receive power and you will become my witnesses. You will literally become the ones who tell the world about me. That's what he said. And, and, and we've already quoted Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, Acts 4 verse 8, filled with the Holy Spirit. He stands up while he's being told to stop speaking in the name of Jesus. And in the middle of the council, filled with the Holy Spirit, he suddenly speaks the name of Jesus in a remarkable way. He proclaims the gospel. We know that in Acts 8, as believers were scattered all over the known world, they kept on, filled with the Spirit, they kept on preaching the gospel wherever they went. And so it was like gospel seeds that got spread out. The Holy Spirit is the one who inspired believers to share the gospel. Do you sometimes battle to share your faith? What you need is the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Secondly, the Holy Spirit gave supernatural gifts. If you read the book of Acts, you'll see it's so similar to the gospels. All the extraordinary miracles that Jesus were doing, they were doing now as well. But the Holy Spirit was the one who was actually enabling them to do this. And so people were speaking in tongues, they were prophesying, they were preaching, they were seeing miracles happen. We know that in Acts chapter 2 verse 4, that when the Holy Spirit fell, it says that they were suddenly given this supernatural, heavenly gift of speaking in tongues, a, a prayer language, a worship language, uh, um, as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. We know that Stephen, it says, full of grace and power, dunamis, he was doing great signs and wonders. We know that Paul was doing signs and wonders. We know that Peter was doing signs and wonders. So that even handkerchiefs were brought to them. And if they just touched those handkerchiefs, those handkerchiefs were taken back and people were getting healed. There were incredible miracles and signs and wonders, supernatural gifts, all by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, in the book of Acts, you see anointed worship. 
and you see supercharged prayer. You see prayer that's on like another level. The Holy Spirit, in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit fell on those first disciples and they began to speak in tongues, the crowd around them, if you read Acts chapter 2, what they heard was those people who had been filled with the Spirit and speaking in tongues, what they heard was, was them declaring the praises of God, that's worship, in languages that they could understand. And so the, the, the gift of speaking in tongues resulted in worship to Jesus. I love Acts chapter 4. They're in a prayer meeting because there's this great opposition against the church. They've been told to not speak in the name of Jesus. And it says, and when they had prayed, the place in which they gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And what happened next? They continued to speak the Word of God with boldness. Friends, the Holy Spirit anoints our worship. The Holy Spirit supercharges our prayers so that great things happen for God. While the church was praying, Peter was being released from jail by, uh, by an angel. He was going to die the next day. The church prays, and an angel sets him free from prison. Friends, when you're full to the Holy Spirit, worship gets set on fire, and prayer gets supercharged. Amen. Fourthly, the Holy Spirit inspired generosity and love. We're going to have a whole sermon on this later on in the series, but the remarkable thing is that when the Holy Spirit fell on those early believers who didn't know each other before that moment, and they suddenly became a megachurch, the Holy Spirit fell on them, and one of the first things that happens is that they start giving away their possessions and caring for one another. And that is the evidence of the work of the Holy Spirit, because people don't naturally do that. That was a work of God amongst them. And so, the fact that there was not even one needy person among them is a evidence of the Holy Spirit being at work in them. Because by nature, left ourselves, we are selfish or generous. We are selfish. We think about me, myself, and I first. But filled with the Holy Spirit, we know in, in Galatians chapter 5, we've got a passage called the fruit of the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit, they began to do the things that are in the list of the fruit of the Spirit. And so I want you to see that the radical generosity and love and community and care for one another was a result of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in these believers. I don't know what number we're on. It's E in my notes. The Holy Spirit enabled in this early church amazing acts of love, administration, and service. You know, the infilling of the Holy Spirit allows you to organize well. The Holy Spirit has got very practical outworkings. You know, I thank God for Sitabile. Sitabile, look up. Just look at her. Just wave Sitabile. The Holy Spirit in Sitabile causes our church to be organized. Hallelujah. Huh? And so in Acts chapter 6, they've got, uh, you know, it's not COVID-19, but there's long lists of people. There's food parcels being, being uh, shared out, and they need help because the preachers are doing a really bad job with it, okay? Because preachers aren't good at everything, trust me. And, uh, and so they look for people who are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom so that they can sort out the distribution of food. Don't you love that? You would have thought they looked for an administrator. They put out a CV and looked for someone who irons their underpants. 
But it doesn't say that in the Bible. What they looked for was people filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom so that they could sort out this administrative problem. And what did that do? That released the gospel to keep going because now the, the, the apostles weren't held back. Friends, I want to say to you that the list of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in Scripture, they, they are not a, a, a list that, that contains everything. Acts of service. Eric, where are you? Eric loves helping people. If you ever happen to break down and Eric happens to drive past you, Eric will stop. True story? That's the evidence of the Holy Spirit. People who have a desire to serve others and to just help others, it's the evidence of the Holy Spirit. You're not just a nice person. Don't give yourself so much glory. It's the evidence of the Holy Spirit. People who, have you ever met a person who listens well? Like you talk to them and it feels like they've just heard everything that you've said. It's the evidence of the Holy Spirit. They're not nice. It's the evidence of the Holy Spirit. Can you hear what I'm saying? You know, the gifts of the Spirit can be understood as this. Any ability empowered by the Spirit used in the church of God, that's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Any ability God's given you, ordinary ability God's given you, supercharged by adding to Holy Spirit becomes extraordinary. I want to say God wants to do extraordinary things like this. Sometimes in churches we only value certain things. And I love Cindy, where's Cindy? And all her courage, often stepping up. I can't see her, she's probably with the kids. Always coming and bringing words of knowledge. And you sit there and think, oh, I can't do that. No, no one's asking you to be Cindy. We just ask you to be you plus the Holy Spirit equals extraordinary. Amen? Eloise is excited. Amen? Hallelujah. Lastly, you cannot read the book of Acts and not be impressed by or impacted by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Literally leading people left or right. Do we go or do we stay? What's going to happen? The guidance of the Holy Spirit. The comfort of the Holy Spirit. And the fact that the Holy Spirit strengthens the believers. I love it that it says in Acts 8, the Spirit said to Philip. And I want to say, how did the Holy Spirit say that to Philip? Was it like sign writing in the sky? Was it, Philip? Was he reading his Bible that day? How was it? Did he see a butterfly on the, on the, on the leaf and he felt God just say, yeah, just float along like that butterfly? How did the Holy Spirit tell him? The Spirit said to him. It says in Acts 13, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. Don't you love that? The Holy Spirit leading, directing. Hey, this is our new strategy. We're going. We're sending these guys from this prayer meeting. They're going now. And so they sent them off. So the church throughout all Judea and Samaria, Galilee and Samaria, had peace and was being built up. Acts chapter 9 verse 31. And walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit... Friends, if you read the book of Acts, you'll see the comfort of the Holy Spirit to the believers, the strengthening of the believers by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit guiding believers. Is, are those not three things that we need? Do you ever need guidance? Do you ever need comfort? Do you ever need strengthening? You need the Holy Spirit. 
That's what the book of Acts says. So we want all these things in our lives. And so when we say, God, would you do it again? It's not just a nice name for a series. It really is, Lord, I want this in my life. What I read about that whole list over there, I want that in my life. Lord, fill me again. Which brings me to my final point. So, brothers and sisters, get plugged in to the power source. Amen? Get plugged into the power source. Jesus, the man who was God, truly God and truly man, Jesus needed and was filled with the extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, when he was about to leave the planet, he told his disciples, wait. Don't go out. So he told them, go and take the gospel to the ends of the earth and then I'll come. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Just wait. It's like, is it go or is it wait? Jesus said, therefore, go. Wait. What are we waiting for? Wait until at the end of Matthew with the Holy Spirit. Let's look at it. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. So Jesus at the end of Matthew, he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. And then he says, Wait. While staying with them, he ordered them not to depart Jerusalem. Just wait, just wait, just wait. Not yet, not yet, not yet. Wait. For what? For the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Jesus told them, go into all the world, but just wait, 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 wait. Until you've been filled, till you've been baptized, till you've been anointed by the Holy Spirit, just like I was. When was Jesus anointed by the Spirit? At his baptism. The Holy Spirit came down on him. The disciples are waiting in the upper room, and then the Holy Spirit comes down on them like he came on Jesus. Why did they have to wait? Because if the believers had gone off on their own, and there was no Holy Spirit in the formula, would they have been ordinary or extraordinary? ordinary. You could have said they were unplugged. They hadn't yet been plugged into the power source, and so they weren't going to be extraordinary. They were going to just be ordinary. I was thinking of supercomputers. Supercomputers are incredible. You can just say, hey, Siri, and something happens, and somehow the information arrives, and, 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 and world economies, and this is a computer. In fact, the, the photo that this comes from, there's about 10 rows of this, and it's one computer. It's an IBM computer called Summit. I guess it's the big one, the top dog. But you know what? If you unplug Summit, hey Siri, hey Siri, hey Siri, Siri! Nothing. A supercomputer can do nothing if it's not plugged in. It's just a collection of plastic, microchips, transistors, very expensive heavy metals, and nothing if it's not plugged in. And so in the book of Acts, all the extraordinary that you read about in the book of Acts, all of it is because they got plugged into the power source in Acts chapter 2. 
And throughout the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 19, more and more people getting plugged in. They, have you heard about the Holy Spirit? No, we haven't heard about the Holy Spirit. Let's pray for you. Plugged in. Boom. Something starts happening. You can hear the fans whirring. They're coming alive. In Acts chapter 8, let's just read one of these accounts of some believers getting plugged in. So they get saved. Philip goes preaching the gospel, and Peter and John uh, come to them, and Peter and John find them, and, and this is what it says. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. They'd already believed in Jesus, but they hadn't got plugged in to the power source of the Holy Spirit yet. For he had not fallen on any one of them. You see, their expectation was Acts chapter 2, upper room, that is normal Christianity because that's all we've known. Did that happen to you? Did you have tongues of fire in your head? Huh? Tongues of fire in my head? Have you spoken in tongues? I don't know what you're talking about. That was their normal. That's what they came from. That's all they knew. This is the early church. That's the only type of church there is. So when they heard that that hadn't happened, they prayed for them. Well, Holy Spirit, would you please plug them in? For he had not fallen on any, on, on any one of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of Jesus. Now, that's not downplaying the name of Jesus, but they needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit because Jesus told them to wait. So these believers were going in ordinary mode, but they needed extraordinary mode. So when they laid their hands on them, what happened? They received the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 19, there's a very similar account, and it says as soon as the Holy Spirit came upon them, they started speaking in tongues and prophesying, doing things that they weren't being, hadn't been doing before. I want to ask you a question as I come to a close now. Do these believers, in, do these believers who needed to get baptized in the Holy Spirit or filled with the Spirit, I'm using three different ways of saying the same thing, do these believers maybe describe you? You've believed in Jesus, but I'm not hearing that whirring of sound that you were doing just now. I feel like a supercomputer, but maybe I am unplugged. I know I've believed in Jesus, but I'm not seeing the extraordinary in the book of Acts yet. I'm feeling rather ordinary. I believe there's many in our church. And this isn't me speaking down to you. This is saying, hey, I was like you. And when I was 12, someone explained, here's the lead, here's the plug, plug it in, Gareth booted up. Hello, Jesus. Hello, world. Hello, calling. Hello, purpose. Hello, passion. Hello, worship. Hello, share Jesus with everyone. Hallelujah. I want that for you. I don't want you to read the book of Acts. I want you to live the book of Acts. But then you need to be plugged into the power source of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So if you feel... I feel like I can relate to these guys here in Acts 8 who had believed in Jesus, but they hadn't yet received the Spirit. If you feel like you can relate, I want to give you two things that you can do today. One, when we close the meeting, I'm going to give you an opportunity to be prayed for, and we can simply pray. You don't, this isn't like a long service award. You know, if you've worked in a company for 50 years, they give you a watch. You know, well done, Okay. Getting filled of the Holy Spirit isn't for believers who've behaved really well and this is your reward. No, no, no. It's called the gift of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1 verse 4. It's a gift to you if you've believed in Jesus. If you want to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, if you want to get plugged in, we'll pray for you today. 
That's the first thing you could do. You could get prayed for today. The second thing you could do is in two weeks' time, on Saturday, we're going to have a Holy Spirit day so that we can actually just spend some more time looking at the Scriptures where you can ask questions that you've got. And we can have lots of time where we can pray for one another. We can understand what the gifts of the Holy Spirit look like. We can even help you to see them in your own life, and we can pray for them to be set on fire. And so if you want to sign up for that day, there's going to be a link just after the service or sometime soon. There's going to be a link, and you just click on the link, and you say, sign me up. I want to be at that day. And so there's two things you can do today. You can either pray now today at the end of the service, or you can say, actually, I want to come on that day because I want to hear more. I've got some questions. I, I, I want some, some more time to think about that. Then I would urge you to come to our Holy Spirit Day because we want everyone in Recro Church to be plugged in. Amen? Not because... There's anything wrong with you, but because Jesus said, wait until you get plugged in so that you can be extraordinary. Amen. Secondly, maybe you know, I know I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're sitting there and you know, I know I have had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Something like what I described uh, when I was 12 years old. And so to you, I want to say, hey, don't, you know, there's no battery so you can like unplug, you know, and you'll slowly run down. No, 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 you'll just go. Don't unplug. Don't think, well, I've been charged up. I think I've got this now, Holy Spirit. I'll, I'll, I'll be able to, I've got it from here. No, no, no. The Bible says remain. Keep being filled with the Spirit. Uh, uh, Ephesians 5.18. Remain reliant on the Holy Spirit daily. Don't slip back into self-reliance. In fact, Paul says to the Galatians, did you start by the Spirit and now you think you can carry on in your own steam? Don't be, don't be like that. Don't attempt to follow God. Don't attempt to serve God. Don't attempt to serve on a worship team. Don't attempt to do anything in your own power. Don't try to remain free from sin and victorious over sin. Don't try and share your faith on your own power. Jesus said, wait until you receive the Holy Spirit so that ordinary plus Holy Spirit can be extraordinary. So I want to urge you, if you know you've been filled with the Spirit, pray daily. Ask the Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. Pray right now as, as we close the meeting. Fill me afresh, Lord Jesus. And so as we pray, do it again, Lord, brothers and sisters. One of the things we need to say, do it again. Two is, Lord, fill me for the first time or fill me again with the Holy Spirit so that we can do the very acts that Jesus did as the believers empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why don't we just stand up? I want to give an opportunity to, uh, to pray over everyone, but then I'll, I'll close the meeting. And if you would value prayer, if you know I need to be full again, or I haven't ever received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then we'd love to pray for you. Let's close our eyes together. I like to open my hands, not because it does anything other than communicate, Lord, I'm open to you. If I were to give you something, you'd have to extend your hand to receive it. And I sometimes think just opening my hands makes my body know, my body's communicating, Lord, I'm, I'm expectant. 
if you're comfortable, why don't you just lift up your hands or just stand there quietly, but put Jesus in the center of your attention. Maybe you're even at home. Why don't you just close your eyes and, and just look to Jesus. Lord Jesus, I thank you that in the Bible we see very ordinary people enabled, equipped, filled, anointed, baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then we see them doing extraordinary things. Lord, we want to say, do it in our lives. Just tell him, do it, Lord. Do it in me. Do it in me, Jesus. That's going to look like lots of different things. Some of you, it's going to be gifts of service, administration. It's going to be generosity. It's going to be the most amazing pastoral person ever. Some of you are going to prophesy. Some of you are going to preach. Some of you are going to lead churches. It's going to mean different things for different people. But Holy Spirit, I just pray right now, Lord, over our entire church, I want to pray, God, would you do it again? Would you take ordinary and would you add the empowering and enabling of the Holy Spirit? And Lord, would you do amazing things in our, in, our, in our lives and through our lives? I ask that in Jesus' name. I pray for anyone who hasn't yet been baptized in the Holy Spirit. God, would you baptize them? Would you immerse them? Would you overflow them? Whether that's today, whether that's at the Holy Spirit day where we've got more time. Lord, I pray, fill us anew. I ask for those, Lord, who have known the filling of your Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that we wouldn't live off uh, an infilling from years ago or from last month, but that we'd be filled continually. We say, God, do it again in our day. I pray for the spiritual temperature to rise. Lord, just like we see in the book of Acts, Lord, a people set on fire by the Holy Spirit. God, do it in our day, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. We're going to uh, just...